passageway is getting worse. I feel like I have shrapnel and goo all over me. And I only have like an hour to spare here. This sucks. I feel like it's been... Damn, have I really not been here in three days? How am I prioritizing the worst version of my life? What's that about? So stupid. I hope there's enough time to see low at least. I'm sorry, excuse me, uh, Julia, can you repeat that again now that I'm recording? What do you claim Lola Velasquez is doing right now that is keeping her from the newspaper which she lives, eats, and breathes? Relax, dude. Enough for the Anderson Cooper routine. Lola is sick. Or, like, she claims to be sick. I don't know. I don't talk to her. Why don't you know? Hey, you're not the one conducting this interview. This is not an interview. Are you cracked in the head? Lola's been out sick for, like, days. If you're so worried, why don't you, like, call her? I have a lot of articles to work on. Same for Rotten Tomatoes. Lola? Hey, Danny, what's up? Um, nothing. Just, um, at the paper. We're all really worried about you. Oh, man. Is it three already? Time is so weird when you're home. Yeah, I guess, but what? How are you doing? Living it up on that Tussin? Uh, no, not exactly. I just, it just wasn't feeling too hot. But there's no need to, I'll be fine tomorrow, I'm sure of it. Julia says you've been out for several days? Did, did you just notice? Um, no, no, I, I noticed, obviously. I don't know why I said that, I, I guess I just, it, it sounded concerning when she said it like that. You're never out for too long, if ever. Have you ever really been sick? Are you an android? I mean, except when you broke your arm, and even androids need new parts. Danny, hmm. I, I, I'm fine. You don't need a weird pass at levity. I'm... Okay. It's nice to take a break once in a while. This is so weird, Lo. You, you never talk about breaks. Jeez, get off my case already. I write a book about it. It's fine. I'm fine. Can we talk about the grammar issues in your last article? G- grammar issues? How dare? Point. Right. Okay. You got me. (laughs) But Lola, I really... And aren't you wasting valuable club time by talking to me right now anyway? I I guess. Glad we agree. See you tomorrow. Well, that was weird. Maybe I should go home. I mean, my shitty life. Or my other life. Whatever. I texted Lola. I, I mean this Lola. Shitty life, Lola. I figured she might be sick, too. If the only difference in the two worlds is me, which I think is true, then I don't see why she would be sick in one world and okay in another. Not that this Lola is probably too mad at me to respond anyway, and if she does, I doubt she'll reveal the extent of her mysterious illness or latent truantism. But, you know, I tried. Anyway... I have to get my head back into the game. In an hour or so, I will be meeting with Katie, Porter, and Jorge for the interview at Lila Green's house, within which we will be discussing the details of Rose's disappearance and see if there's any connection with the- Daniel? Uh, Yeah, Dad. You're early from school today. I just wanted to check in if everything is okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, Dad. I didn't have newspaper at three today because the group is doing an interview at five. That newspaper you began at Easton really took off, hasn't it? It's really something to watch you take this on. 
You know, I was proud of all you did in Chapel Valley and at Paulson, but I don't know. I look at you now, I think about the guts it takes to come to a new place and make something out of nothing all on your own. I don't know if I would have been able to do it when I was your age. You really amaze me. Jeez, Dad, it's just a couple of kids writing movie uh, book reviews. It's more than that. Just like you're more than a kid that writes reviews. And you and these kids, you're getting along? Are those the same ones you had dinner with last night? It was a hot pot. Yeah, yeah, they're okay. Well, if you're getting close to these classmates, I would like to meet their parents at some point. What? Dad, it's not like a play date. You don't have to know all my friends. I would like to know them. It gives me a peace of mind to know where you are. When you were missing that one day last month, I must have called Lola's parents a hundred times. And what good was that? If that ever happens again, which it shouldn't, but if your phone breaks or something happens, I'm not flying blind again. I need to know who I'm supposed to be harassing with phone calls at the very least. But, Dad... I get it. It's embarrassing to have your father on your case like this. I know you're still trying to find your place here. We can table this for a few days while you feel things out. But it comes down to being able to reach you in an emergency. And that's non-negotiable. Okay, okay. (laughs) I didn't realize how much you'd miss me, Dad. Danny... My life would be a gray nothing without you. You understand? Dad. Oh, hey, Porter. Are you... Is it... Is it just you? Well, Katie lost the address, so I'm texting her. Oh, and Jorge? Has never been on time for anything in his life. I'm on it. They'll they'll be here. You can exhale. Cool. Um, thanks. Yeah, don't mention it. For everything. Like, you you really, you help a lot. Dude, come on. I put duct tape on a surge protector. No, not just that. I wasn't here half the time. I had stuff going on, and you, you know, this wouldn't have happened if you hadn't sort of held things together for everyone. It's fine. It's just, I know I can be a little much sometimes, and you, you you know, you're always so grounded. Stop. It's fine. We should give you credit. IT support. You really don't have to. You don't just have to be IT either. Next issue, you could write something. It could be sports or or announcements or even like, I don't know, uh, game reviews. So that's what this is? You're soliciting work? No, it's it's the opposite. You were doing work. I wanted to give you some of the glory. That's all. I didn't mean to be... Oh, God. It's like when I'm with you, uh, with you guys, I'm, I'm always... I always say one thing that's gonna offend... I was just trying to... Oh, I was, you know what? Never mind. <laughs> Relax. I'm fucking with you. Oh. Right. I knew that. Don't you hate reviews anyway? Don't memorize facts about me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there, there actually is something I've been meaning to ask you. Oh? Um, sure. What is it? That day out back behind the school, you were recording us, right? You said it was off, but I've seen you that thing's never off. Uh, sorry, sorry, really, I know. It's fine. Let's just... What's up? Hi, Jorge. Great to see you. Let's, um, let's get going, though, okay? Relate. Sure thing, Chief. You're already taking out your recording thingamajig? 
tell me when you start recording. I have a lot to say. Rose and I were really good friends from fourth to sixth grade. We made cookies together at her house and we started a babysitting business. That's how I met Porter. We babysat Derek when he was like six. Porter's parents were so nice and they paid us like $8 an hour and let us babysit him together. Though Porter didn't ever have any good movies for kids, all we ever did was look at photo albums. Did you know that Porter wore a cloth diaper? We're getting off topic here, Katie. What, what the heck is a cloth diaper? Some people get rashes from the disposable kind, okay? Oh, relax, man. That was just practice. I'll be much more focused when he actually starts recording. It was already. <laughs> you know, no one ever actually hears these. Jorge! Why did you do that? I wasn't ready yet. H- Hello, Mrs. Green. Come in, everyone. Katie, you've grown so much. What a lovely young woman you've become, my dear. Hi, Mrs. G. It's... it's nice to see you. Uh, where should we do this? Uh, what would be most comfortable for you? You must be Daniel Jones from the phone. Thank you for doing this piece of my daughter. Here, we can all sit in the living room. Would anyone like some tea? Oh, yes. Do you still have the, um, Lady Grey tea? Of course, my dear. I remember you always did like that one. Do you still drink it with milk and honey? I haven't had it since... Yes, I would love it like that. Anyone else? I'll have the same. Yep. Uh, just water for me. I'm not a big tea drinker. I'll ask the questions. Uh, excuse me, but shouldn't Jorge ask the questions? This is his find, after all. Mrs. G isn't a find porter. She's a mom without her kid. And you have to be a little less... Abrasive, okay? When am I ever abrasive? I'm not a big tea drinker. At two, Jorge? Okay, okay, Jorge, you can ask the questions. Uh, Jorge, you okay with taking the lead? Yep. I took the liberty to bring out some biscuits. And here's your water, young man. Oh, shit. I mean, thank you. My name is Porter Egan, and um, you already know Daniel Jones and Katie Chu. Uh, Jorge Pereira is the one doing the article, so he'll be asking the questions. Lovely to meet you all. I have a photo album right here, and here's a collection of some of her artwork. You'll notice I have many of them hanging on the walls as well, so if you see one that you like for the papers, just let me know. I remember I remember your daughter very well, Mrs. Green. She was in my homeroom. I remember she loved to wear big jangly bracelets that clinked every time she raised her hands in class, which was all the time. She was very smart. Oh. Thank you, young man. Jorge, you've said it. Yes. I also remember the day when there was an announcement in class and the speech in the auditorium. We were also surprised when she went missing. Like, she wasn't the kind of girl who'd go missing. Not to say that any girl is, just, uh... Rose was very good about following rules. Right, Jorge? Yes, exactly. It was a shock to everyone. Mrs. Green, now that it's been three years, do you perhaps have any new insights on what may have happened? I... no. I don't. She didn't come home one day, and I called the police within the hour because she always came home at 3.15. And they say that the first 48 hours are crucial in a missing person's case, but it did no good. She was just... gone. Do you think it's possible she just ran away? Was she acting strangely? I frequently hope that she ran away. And that she's living a good life somewhere. But it is so unlikely. Like you said, 
She was the kind of kid that followed the rules. She seemed happy enough. Lots of friends, including the lovely Katie here. She enjoyed school. She loved drawing. And we'd frequently do little family trips to the beach or a forest so she could draw from life. Un plunaire, she'd say. Though, I guess we didn't do that as much when she started the seventh grade. She was more interested in drawing people suddenly. People in suffering. That was only for a little bit, however, maybe a month or two, and then she was back, drawing cityscapes and our old cat, Chagall. He's passed away since her disappearance. You say disappearance. I, you don't think she's dead? I just feel like I'd know if she was dead. She feels like she vanished. My only hope now is that wherever she is, she isn't suffering. And that one day, I will see her again. I think we have enough for the tribute. But... Daniel, why don't you pick out some art pieces for the newspaper? I, uh, okay. Can I just ask you one more thing, Mrs. G? Uh, sure. Like I thought, this was just a normal disappearance of a young girl and has nothing to do with what's been happening to me. I admit that I had gotten my hopes up that there would be a connection, but that doesn't matter right now. This poor woman, she still has so much of her daughter's art everywhere, even on the fridge. How can you move on and stop missing someone if your entire life is a memorial to that person? The art is surprisingly good especially knowing that the artist was a preteen. This one of an open shutter is kind of incredible. You can almost see inside of this person's home, like this little dark space where there's a rocking chair and someone's knees, but that's it. A cozy little enclosure of someone I'll never know. Or this one of a garden gate into a sunlit orchard, but you can't see much because of all the trees in the way. Or this car door and all you can see are hands on a wheel, but not the person inside. Kind of like I'm about to get into the car as a passenger and the door, my door, my warehouse door. Oh shit, how how is this here? The signature on it, on all of it, it's a rosebud, rose. Oh, I am not too sure. Mrs. Green, do you know this one? Oh. That's from my refrigerator. That's the one you like? But I have a really pretty one of a lake. Maybe that one instead. Let me get it. It's just hanging up over the shelf. No, 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 no. This is the one. That was the last one she drew before it... Of course. If that's the one that speaks to you, you may have it for your tribute. Thank you, Mrs. Green. Uh, you, You don't know why she drew this by any chance. She had an interest in doorways for a bit, but I don't know why. After the disappearance, I spoke to a therapist, hoping it would give me some clues about where she went. Wasn't too terribly helpful. She told me that it's possible the pieces may have been a manifestation of her fears, and anticipation of entering a new phase of her life. Maybe she had a deep desire to become more adult, but also had concerns about it. These doorway pieces show that she was dipping her toe into what was about to become a permanent phase of adulthood to her. However, 
I don't remember her being all that cautious ever before. And who knows if that interpretation has anything to do with reality. The only person who could tell us what she was thinking at that time would have been Rose herself. Still, I do wonder if those doorways, whatever they were, she made it through. Mrs. G, you okay? Oh, yes, I... I think I've had enough. Is there anything else that you kids need for the tribute? No. I think we've got more than we've even hoped for. Mrs. Green, I... We all appreciate that you took the time and showed us who Rose was. Uh, we will make sure to send you the piece when we finish. That would be lovely, Daniel. Thank you all. Thank you, Mrs. G. And maybe I can visit you sometimes? Of course, Katie. You're all invited to come. Well, that was depressing. Oh, Porter, you always know what to say. I'm sorry I didn't do much. It seems like you had it covered. I didn't know her as well as you two. I mean, I guess I did kind of know her, but not well enough to, like, help at all. I wish we could have, like, you know, cracked the case wide open or something. She seemed so stuck, you know? Yeah. For Mrs. G's sake, I wish we were able to solve the case, too. It's always worse on the people we leave behind, isn't it? I guess. But maybe, maybe Rose is somewhere better. I mean, what if she is? I don't think it matters where Rose is. Look at her mom. If I was Rose and I had the ability, I would come right back. This just isn't right. I know, I know. It's terrible. But we have no idea what's going on with Rose. Not really. Maybe she can't come back. I mean, yeah, you can't come back if you're, you know, not living. Porter! What? Aren't you guys journalists? I mean, I don't want her to be dead, but you can't keep dancing around the most likely option if you're all about the truth and, and justice. Her mom thinks she's alive, but that's her mom. She's not exactly the objective. She probably never will be. Anyone want a five cheese? Yes, please. Most definitely. is written and produced by Vera Greentee and Jasmine Brown. The audio for this podcast is recorded and mixed by Mike U. Mile. Music is created and performed by Abe Bird. My Parallel Life stars Elsie Witter, Julian Thomas, Cherie Nicholas Christopher, Steph Maria Alvarez, Louis Walker, Jamie Face, Timothy Rodriguez, Rajiv Miller, Sierra Lewis Jean, and Jasmine Brown. Website and credits are by Timothy Rodriguez. To learn more about My Parallel Life and the fantastic crew of people who make it, visit our website, jumpycatstudios.com. If you'd like to help us spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe at any major podcast platform. This episode's a wrap. See you in another dimension.